Exodus chapter 33. The Lord brought me to this portion of Scripture when we were out of town. Me and Sarah were out of town last week. And some of it is familiar. Some of it may sound familiar. And the Lord has just kind of revisited some verses here in my heart. And I just want to deliver that to you tonight if I can. Exodus 33, we're going to begin in verse number 7. Verse number 7. If you have that, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word, reverence to it. Amen. It says, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, means outside the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Turn to your neighbor and said, The Lord talked with Moses. The Lord talked with Moses. Verse 10, And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Let's read verse 11 one more time, that beginning half, if we can. And the Lord spake unto Moses. Turn to your neighbor again and say, The Lord talked with Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you and we thank you for this word. We thank you for its anointing. And God, I thank you for every person that is assembled together here tonight on a Wednesday night. And Lord, I ask that you would just challenge but yet encourage the people of God through this word. And Lord, help me. I'm a vessel full of flaw and error. Help me deliver this as you delivered it to me. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, Amen. You may be seated tonight. We see here that the children of Israel are navigating through the wilderness after receiving their freedom from Egyptian bondage, 400 years of bondage. They're navigating themselves through the wilderness and they are coming to a place where God is beginning to 
lay down the laws. We have the Ten Commandments. We have great encounters with God. And God is doing great things for the, the Jewish people. But we find in the chapter previous to this that the idol, the golden image, was made by the people of God while Moses was up on the mountain praying and interceding for them. And there was a great sin and a great calamity that took place. We find at the beginning portion of this chapter in verse 33 that, Moses, or that God is dealing with Moses yet again. And Sister Mary, what he's saying is, I'm done. God is saying, I'm done with these people. They are stiff-necked. They are, they, 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 they are stubborn people. They love their ways more than mine. I've done all these things for them, but they don't want me. They don't desire me. And we find what begins to happen is in the middle portion of this scripture that we just read to you, that Moses sets up a tabernacle, and he calls it the tabernacle of the congregation. So not only he, but the Bible says in the verses that we just read, so that not only he, but the people of God could go out and, and, seek, and, and seek after and search after the Lord. He was setting up, a, uh, if you will, a way to communicate again with God, not only with just him and God, but with the people of God. He was trying to, to restore this relationship that had been, been so tumultuous, so back and forth. But what I want you to notice here is that we see that there's this this, yeah, everybody knows that Moses was a prophet. Everybody knows that, that he was a great man of God, that he wrote the first five books of the Bible. We know that God used him to do mighty things. But what we see here is, Sister Becky, we see a true relationship that Moses has with God. We're finding that not only is the people going to the, the tabernacle of the congregation, uh, but Moses is going there, and the Bible says that he talked with God as someone would talk to their friends. So much so uh, that we read here in verse 11 uh, that they said it was as if they were speaking face to face. They weren't literally speaking face to face, but it was their, their, their relationship was as, as so close as, as, it, as it would be for me speaking to you right now, uh, that they spoke so clearly and, and they spoke uh, with, with, such, uh, with such certainty of one another. They talked and they had conversation with one another. And I, I want you to realize that Moses is a man that Scripture begins to tell and divulge to us, even in, in our script, even in our text and our scripture tonight. Uh, Moses is a man that I believe that you can make a case for, Brother Chris, that is an expert in the presence of God. He is someone that is very familiar. Listen, I'll tell you this. I've been married. We're going on six years. Me and Sierra have been married. And I will tell you, I know her better today than I did six years ago. I, I, I thank God that I knew her well enough that God, that, that God put us together and I married her. But I will tell you, I know her better today than I did six years ago. And that's because we have relationship. That's because we talk to one another. That's because we spend time with one another. So we see that Moses, again, I just want to emphasize this, that Moses has such a tight-knit relationship with God that he is speaking to him as I would be speaking to you tonight, as we would have a conversation as a friend of God. That's crazy to think about. 
is that he is so close with God that he literally speaks and God answers him. That he talks and God talks. That they have this relationship. But again, I really want to to tell you tonight that Moses is, we're talking about Moses here. We're talking about a man that had an encounter with God at the burning bush. Anybody remember that story? That, That he had an encounter while he was out in Midian. He had an encounter with the burning bush. This is a man that stood before Pharaoh. I want you to know uh, the equivalent of standing before Pharaoh is as if you would stand uh, between uh, before the President of the United States or the, the leader of the United Kingdom. Uh, it's a big deal. It's someone uh, that is the super running the superpower of the world at that time. Uh, but this is Moses, someone that stood, uh, had an encounter and stood before Pharaoh with confidence uh, that knew that God had called him, uh, that knew that he had a authority that knew that God had put him into this place. Uh, This is Moses. Again, this is the Moses uh, that stood and warned uh, Pharaoh that, hey, because of your stubbornness, uh, there are going to come plagues upon your nation. Uh, There's going to become plagues upon your people. Uh, And and, and, and Pharaoh uh, ignored these uh, warnings. And what we see is uh, that Moses was there. Uh, He witnessed uh, the plagues of Egypt. He, He saw God move on behalf of his people. He, we, he, he is someone that witnessed and experienced the presence and the power of God. He is someone that led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and they were led by a cloud by day and they were led by a pillar of fire by night. This is someone, this is a man that I, again I would say is an expert in the presence of God, knew what it was like to be in the presence of God, that that knew, Brother Chris, how it felt to see God move and move in power uh, and all these things are great and all these things are wonderful uh, but what would you do if I told you tonight uh, that 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 what 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 is happening uh, in the modern day church uh, is that we love God's presence I believe we love God's presence uh, you say what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that uh, but I, I want to understand I want you to understand something and I'm going to show you something in scripture tonight uh, that just like Moses he knew the presence of God he talked with God. He had a relationship with God. But I want to read to you what he says a few verses later. In verse 18, he says, listen, God, show me your glory. So, okay, where are you going with this? I want you to understand what Moses was saying is, God, I have felt you. I have had an encounter with you, but I want to see you. I want to preach tonight on this thought beyond presence. Beyond presence. You say, oh, but I love the presence of God. I want you to know there is no one in this house uh, that loves the presence of God more than I do. Uh, But the Lord began to speak to me over a week ago. uh, And what he began to stir into me uh, is he began to ask me, Jade, are you hungry for more? Do you want more of me? Or is the presence enough for you? Listen, I want you to know what's happening in the modern day church is when the presence of God begins to move. I thank God for that. That's awesome. When the presence of God begins to move, what happens in the modern day church is we're like a kid that gets excited to jump into the pool. But we get up to the edge of the pool. We dip our toe in and say, okay, I went swimming. Doesn't make sense. 
I want you to know that, that what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to correct, I'm, I'm not trying to condemn. Uh, what I want you to understand uh, is what we experienced in this house on Sunday night. Uh, what we experienced in an atmosphere of worship uh, is yet but a little bit uh, of what God wants to immerse you in. Uh, it is just but a taste uh, of what He has for you. Uh, I want you to understand this tonight, uh, that I thank God for His presence. Uh, but I will tell you this, uh, churches have felt His presence uh, in this nation for over 250 years but look at this nation I want you to know that we have to become a people of God that will say God I thank you for your presence but show me your glory show me your glory well, you, you can say, well, well, Moses saw God's power. God, he, he, he saw what God could do. Yes, uh, I want you to know that I've seen God's power. I've seen what he can do. Uh, yes, there's things I don't understand. Uh, yes, things happen that, that are beyond my control. Uh, but I want you to know, uh, I don't want to just see his power. Uh, I want to see his glory. What is his glory? It is the manifestation of his presence. So what? But you're talking about present. But I want you to understand, uh, it is a physical manifestation. Uh, it marks you. So, oh, I don't want to be marked. I want you to understand this: that when Moses encountered the the, the glory of God, they had to put a veil over his face. Because it shone so brightly. Because it marked him. Because he was so close to God. They couldn't stand to look at his face. They had to hide him. Because the glory of God marked his life. I want you to know why is that so important to us tonight? Why does that matter? It's because this world out there. They don't need to see just another Christian. They don't need to hear just someone else talking about Jesus. I thank God for that. But they need to see a church that is marked by his glory Moses who saw all this take place said God I want more I've seen you do miracles but I want to know the miracle worker I've seen you do wonders but I want to know the God of wonders I want to see you I want to experience you in a way I never have hear me today I want you to understand what Paul told the Corinthian church is this. He says, listen, I, in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, uh, he says, I don't come with enticing words of men's wisdom, uh, but I come with a demonstration uh, of the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, why does that matter? I want you to know uh, that we live in a nation uh, full of great preachers. But I will tell you this, there are men of God that I've seen that, Brother Chris, I'll just be honest with you, they know how to preach, but there ain't a bit of anointing. They know exactly what to say. They know the verses to read. They know what to, to, to do to prime the people up. But there ain't a bit of anointing. I want you to know that that is enticing words of men's wisdom. But Paul said, listen, I'm not coming just to sound good. I'm not coming to look good. I'm not coming to say, so you look at me and say, oh, Pastor Jay's just so smart. I want you to know I'm not smart. I dropped out of college. I'm not smart. But I want you to understand this. I want demonstration 
revelation of the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? I don't want people to be hung on my words. I want people to be founded upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. I don't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. I come with a demonstration. Why? So your faith is not built on a man, but your faith is built on the Holy Ghost. What he was saying is, I don't want, I'm not here to entertain you. I want you to see the glory of God. It's beyond presence. It's beyond just a feeling. Hear me today. There are a lot of people in the church world, Sister Brandy, that have lived for years on a feeling. I think God, listen, I want you to understand me. I want God's presence to be here every time. But I not only want to feel Him, I want to see Him. You say, what, what, what are you talking about? What, what are you saying you want to see Him? I want to see what He told the, the disciples uh, that they could see when He said, Listen, these signs shall follow them that believe. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to see the glory. I don't want to just have a conversation anymore, Sister Kelly. I want to see a demonstration. I thank God for His presence. But I want His glory. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want His glory. Say it louder. Say it like you really want it. I want His glory. My Bible tells me that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, uh, that they might be filled. That's not what it says. Uh, they shall be filled. They shall be filled. But again, I tell you that we have people in the church that have lived on a feeling for years. Like that old song used to say, I'm hooked on a feeling. I want you to know. There's a world out there that's hooked on all kinds of feelings. You know the difference between you and them? is grace. But what they need to experience is not just a feeling. They need to see the glory. Because when you experience the glory, that's when the burden becomes easy. That's when the feeling takes place. That's when, listen, I, I tell you this, I, I said it Sunday. Has someone asked me, had a few people ask me in years gone by, said, listen, what do you do with young people? What do you do with young adults? What do you, what do, you do here? What do you do that? I said, listen, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't do anything fancy. I don't. So what, what are you talking about? You don't, you don't do this. You don't do that. No. I want you to hear me. Because understand this. I can't have an encounter for your children. I can't go after God for you. I can't do it. But if I can maybe... Preach a message where the presence and the glory of God comes in and they have an encounter, it will keep them. Listen, Moses had an encounter and it kept him. Moses had an encounter with the burning bush and it kept him. 
And what happened? He had another encounter. He saw God move. He saw God's glory. God began to mark him with his glory. What began to happen is he was, he was not just hooked on a feeling. He was chasing encounters. And I want you to hear, hear, hear me this tonight. Uh, that you don't need a church to have an encounter. Listen, some of five of my closest relatives, yeah, we grew up together. My brother, my cousins, we grew up on, in a far, on a farm together in Lebanon, Ohio. And I remember one night after a baseball game, uh, Elijah had my baseball pants on, my socks up. Uh, I, I just pitched a really good game. I was proud of myself. Uh, and I was in eighth grade. And, and I remember they said, listen, we, they, we just started talking about the Lord after the game. Uh, they said, listen, we're, we're going to go home. We're going to build a bonfire. We're going to invite more of the cousins out. Uh, and we're just going to read the Bible. And we're going to begin to pray. Uh, and in the middle of that hayfield, Sister Kelly, uh, I saw five of my closest relatives receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. Don't tell me uh, that you need me. You need Pastor Ronnie. Uh, that you need this worship team to enter in. You better know how to get in the presence of God. Uh, whether you're on the freeway. Uh, whether you're on, on the byways. Uh, whether you're in the schoolhouse. Uh, whether you're in at your workplace. Uh, or whether you're in your house. Uh, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and hell comes knocking on your door. You better know how uh, to get a hold of God. Uh, you better know how to get into the glory. Uh, you better have something on the inside of you that says listen to me Satan I'll tell you this you have no place in my home why because I'm marked with the glory of God my my faith is not built on a feeling it's built on an experience come to the music tonight understand this Thank God for his presence. But I want his glory. I said it Sunday morning, I'll say it again. For, for your children, teens, young adults, thank God for this, 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 this group. Thank God for the new ones coming up. Thank God for all of them. I want them to get good grades. If they play sports, I want them to do their best. But I want them to have an encounter. I want them to see the glory. I want them to do what the psalmist said, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Church, we got to go beyond the presence. Because there's glory to be had. My Bible tells me that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. He can, that means that the church cannot be absent of His glory. If He's coming back for a glorious church, that's what we need to be. But I want you to understand, this is the teaching part. You know, usually you teach at the beginning and then you preach later. I did it the opposite. I preached to you and now I'm going to teach to you. I want you to understand this about the scripture we're reading here. I got to come down. You know, I just got to. I said, Dan, Moses said, God, can I see your glory? Show me your glory. 
And God said, pretty much, I honor you because you've honored me. Paraphrasing here, he said, I will pass before you. But he said, catch this, there is a place by me. There is a place, there is a rock by me that you're going to have to stand on. He said, I'm going to have to hold my hand over you. And you can't see my face because you'll die. He said, I'll show you my back. He said, okay, what are you trying to teach us? If you read the next chapter, God's just giving him instructions. The next chapter, he had to climb the mountain again. Catch this. If you want the glory, you're going to have to climb. I don't know what it is in the, the Western church where we think like new levels, new devils, and that, that we should only go so far and that if we don't read our Bibles and we don't pray that somehow we're not going to be accountable for what we didn't read or didn't know. I know here's what God's going to say. I gave you my word. You have no excuse. And here's the day. You, 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 can't, you can't go to the throne of God and say, well, Pastor Jay didn't tell me. Pastor Ronnie didn't tell me. No, that's not, that's not what Jesus is going to ask. He's going to say, what did you do with me? Not what so-and-so did. You can't say, I, oh, I was abused. I was used. I was mistreated. He's going to say, what did you do? I ain't talking about what other people did. What did you do? But he said, listen, you're going to have to climb back up this mountain. Because there's a place I have. I want you to understand, church, there's a place that God has. Still there. I want you to notice that God said, I have a place for you next to me on a rock. What's the Bible say? It says that Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the stone, the rock that the builders rejected. But what else does the Bible say? That he is our high priest and our intercessor. So God's saying, he's showing us in the Old Testament of what it's going to look like in the New Testament. If you're, if you're going to climb and you want to see my glory, you're going to have to come through the rock. You're going to have to stand on the rock. You're going to have to be founded on Christ. Listen, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Mount Sinai, the real Mount Sinai. Not the, there's a fake one. We can talk about that later. There's one that the tourists say is Mount Sinai. It is not Mount Sinai. I want you to know, Austin, that thing is, is boulders, man. Uh, it, is, it is not easy to traverse. If you see pictures of that thing, I mean, it, it would just be brutal to climb. But God said, you got to climb back up here. If you want it, you're going to have to climb for it. Understand this. What God was telling Moses, and this is something that that I want to teach you is that how many's ever prayed? Let, let's put it this way: How many's ever prayed for change? My hands up. I prayed for change. But do you realize when you pray for change, what you're really saying is, God, I'm open to you changing me, because that's how God works. For some reason, we think in the church that God's just going to come down and do a magic trick. And make it all better. 
But he says, no, I sent you. I use men. I use women. I use my vessels. So if you got to get to the glory, what, what Moses didn't understand is he's wanting to see God's glory. He's wanting to change. He's wanting something new. He's wanting something fresh. But he had to get to a place where he could be changed. Because his countenance changed. The Bible said he come down carrying the new, new tablets because he, he destroyed the old ones. He got a little upset. The gold calf chucked them, broke them. So he made new ones. God helped him. And come down and the Bible says that he didn't realize that his face, his countenance had changed. And people were just scattering left and right. What, is, what has happened? What has happened? What's happened is he put himself in a position to see the glory and it changed his life. And he come down, he said, okay, here's what the Lord said. And he began to instruct, this is what we need to do. This is what God wants. This is where we need to change. This is how we need to get closer to him. This is how, church, many of you feel like you can't be used, that you don't know why God would use you. I, I will tell you, I'm just sick of the spirit of intimidation on people to think that they are insignificant. I want you to know you... A mic is maybe 10% of my ministry. Maybe. A mic does not make you more useful. I'm no more useful than anyone in this house because we're all part of a body. Well, what makes you say, well, I feel like people are more useful than others. I want you to know why it seems that way is because some people are more surrendered than others. Because I know what it's like to be bound by fear. I was bound by fear. I knew I was called to preach at 13, and I run the other direction. Didn't want no part of it. My daddy was a preacher. I said, I'll never be like my daddy. I'll never be like Tom Bates. I'll never be like Todd Hoskins. I'll never be like Greg Atkins. I'll never be like any of them guys. I can't spit. I can't scream. I can't holler. I can't do any of that. I, I taught a couple times, and it was terrible, Becky. It was terrible. It was awful. I can't even believe my dad let me do it. It was terrible. So I run the other way. But I had an encounter. And before you know it, I wasn't listening to the music I was listening to. I wasn't watching the movies I was watching. I began to say, okay, okay. I mean, there was, there was friends in my life. Understand this. We live in a culture where we don't want to offend, uh, offend anybody. I literally had to look at a friend and like break up with him. Like you would, I mean, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. You're trouble. You're just going to have to get lost. I, I mean... I love you, but if you're going to come over in my house and you're going to make trouble, I, I, I can't. I, I'm sorry. It was the weirdest thing I, I think I've ever done. But I was just like, man, I, I just, I'm be honest with you. I, you. I'm changing. I am not perfect. I'm changing. And you can either change with me or you can hit the road. What began to happen is I began to climb. I didn't even realize it. I was climbing. I was climbing. I was climbing. And I want you to know I'm still climbing. But I want to see His glory. I want to go beyond just a good service. I want more.
I want more for you. I want more for your children. And I know you do. So who will say, yeah, I'm with you. I want it. And I understand, hey, when you climb, you get tired. The Bible says when Jesus and, and James and Peter and John went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, they climbed and they fell asleep. They just wore out. And all of a sudden, one of them woke up, started hitting the others, and they said, wait a second, something's happening to Jesus. And they saw him in his glory. He began to transfigure. Listen, don't be weary in well-doing. Why? Because it, don't fall asleep when the glory is about to be revealed. Don't quit when the glory is about to be revealed. Keep climbing. Because I want glory. I want power. Stand with me across this house. I want to, as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, I want, or, or to the Philippians, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Because I know what Paul says in Ephesians, that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. So I want to invite you tonight to go beyond presence. To go beyond the feeling and say, God, I'm just laying it all on the line. Show me. Show me your glory. Reveal yourself to me. I've said it a thousand times in this church. But when I had an encounter with the Lord is when I began to say, you've got to show me. You've got to reveal yourself to me. And he met me. I want you to know he's not a respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he will do for you. And I just feel... I just get everyone to bow their heads for a moment. I just feel that there's some people in this house. And saints of God, I just want you to pray quietly. Because I feel like there's some people in this house. I just feel the Holy Spirit checking me to stop here for a moment. And you say, I, I really don't even know if this is all real. I mean, I've had feelings. I've felt like God's done stuff in my life, but you're just really struggling on is this real or not. That you need God to show up. I want you to know that God is showing up right now because only He knew you asked these questions. But God's stopping this preacher right now to tell you he knows and he's showing you right now that he's real because you haven't told anybody else the doubts and the insecurities that you felt about this Jesus stuff. But I'm here to tell you he's real. His peace is real. His joy is real. His power is real. His love is real. And church, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And we're just going to pray. In the name of Jesus, God, I speak hunger. 
hunger and a thirst for your word and for your for 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 prayer for 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 your presence and for your glory to come lord i speak a hunger over the people of god and lord jesus i break this this mediocrity this lukewarmness that would so easily come upon the people of god to say oh you're good where you are no i want you to know that you're not good where you are that god has more for you And I've spoke to it before, but I will speak to it again. I rebuke that spirit of fear and intimidation that would try to come upon the people of God and tell them that you don't have anything significant to offer. I want you to know that is a lie. That is a lie from the father of all lies. And who that is is the devil. Because my Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That you are more than conquerors through him that loved you. That you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. And that the Bible tells us this. That the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you also. And God, I pray that when people begin to look at their insecurities and and, and their unworthiness, Lord, that you would begin to remind them of your grace and of your love and of your mercy and of your power. And Lord, I speak over homes and I speak over this church. An appetite for the glory. A desire for the climb. And Lord, put us in that place that's by you and hold us in your hand. Let your glory, let your glory pass by. Lord, because there's some people in here that, that, are, that are desiring more. They're desiring something fresh. They're desiring restoration. They're desiring to be made whole, God. Lord, begin to hold them as you held Moses. And begin to show them who you really are. And lastly, Lord, I want to pray that as your glory is revealed, that we will see signs, that we will see wonders. Lord, give us the faith and give us the strength to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Recovery of sight to the blind, deaf ears to be opened. Lord God, cancer would be dispersed and rebuked. And Lord, let there be a testimony in this house of deliverance and of freedom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, 
know this, God is faithful. He loves you, we love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.